This morning we're going to continue our series on the heroes of faith. We've been looking at a number of those uh, great heroes who teach us uh, how to live life with a faith that actually makes a difference in our lives and perhaps in, in the world around us. And this morning I want us to think together about David. Uh, David is, has an amazing story, as, uh, as you know, a lot of amazing stories, and we're going to look at just one this morning. Uh, if you have your copy of Scripture with you, I invite you to 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you're following along in the Bible app, you find us in the events there, and it'll all be printed out for you uh, right there in the, in the app. But we're in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I want us, to, uh, want us to go back to that great story that is probably one of our favorite childhood stories. Look at it again through the eyes and ears of, uh, of uh, young people and adults. I think that we have a lot to learn from this hero of faith, David. Uh, the first thing that we can learn from David as we remember the story of David and Goliath is that God's warriors fight with faith. God's warriors fight with faith. Let's look at uh, 17, starting at verse 2. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side. Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Now, a champion would be one who would represent the rest of the army. And in other words, what, what we have here is a guy who is so overwhelming that the military minds kind of took a gamble and it was a pretty solid gamble that this one guy would bring so much fear in the other army that they could go with him as a champion instead of preparing the entire army to fight. Now that says they put a whole lot of confidence in this one guy and there's probably good reason for that. When it talked about who he was and, and his size, uh, you may have noticed it in, in the uh, translation I'm using, it used some phrases we're not familiar with. It said six cubits and a span. Well, that basically means he was nine feet tall. No doubt he was an intimidating presence, all nine feet of him. Have you ever noticed that they just don't make giants like they used to? The tallest man in NBA history was a large man, but he was just seven foot, seven inches. He'd be no match for Goliath, who had 17 inches on the tallest man to ever play in the NBA. Since most door jams are six feet, eight inches, the top of the jam would hit him about chest high. Until just relatively a few years ago, most ceilings were at eight feet high, which means his head would be in the attic. This was a large man. 
He had a coat of armor that weighed 125 pounds. He carried a javelin on his back, and the head of his spear weighed 15 pounds. Is it any wonder that he paralyzed the army of Israel? Look at their response. Fast forward through the story to verse 23. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. What does it mean he spoke the same words as before? The, the part that we fast forwarded through included a, a, a reference to the fact that every morning and every evening, Goliath would come out and he would yell at the army of Israel, taunting them. You know, y'all are weak, you're sorry, you're no good, and by the way, your God is no good. Your God is nothing. I'm bigger and better than you and your God and everybody you know. Taunting them every morning and every night. And so it says in verse 23 that he came and did the same thing. The only difference now is that David heard him. That's the only change in the story is that David's on the field now. You see, David was sent to bring food to his brothers. And when he got there, he could hear Goliath making fun of the people of Israel. But more than that, worse than that, he was making fun of Yahweh, of God. It says in verse 24, All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. We understand their fear. I mean, to be honest, wouldn't you be intimidated if you had been there? Nine feet tall, coat of armor, 125 pounds. The, the spear is so big that the head of the spear is 15 pounds. You and I would have been intimidated as well, I'm sure. But look at young David's response. In verse 25, the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. The king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. In other words, the king didn't know what else to do. So he said, man, if any of you guys will be brave enough to take this guy down, I'll give you a bunch of money. I'll give you one of my daughters for a wife and... Your daddy's house, your family will no longer have to pay any taxes. Well, you'd think they'd be jumping at a deal like that. And yet they trembled in fear. So in verse 26, David said to the men who stood by, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? That's a question. And what he really is saying to them is, Is that really what you're interested in? You guys are standing around not fighting. You're standing around talking. And what you're talking about is what the king would do if you were willing to do something. Is that really what you guys want to talk about? What you could get out of this? He said there's something much more important here that you don't even understand. And he continues in the last part of verse 26. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that, that he should defy the armies of the living God. You see, David understood what was really at stake here. This was, not, this was not a giant against 
an army. This was the Philistines standing against Yahweh. This was the Philistines trying to stop God and what God had intended to accomplish. David understood that. And so he was able to see something that the others didn't see. And he was able to say to them, guys, this isn't about you, it's about God. You've missed the whole point. And he pointed that out to them in a very powerful way. David wasn't intimidated by Goliath. Why? Because he knew something very important. David had no armor, no experience, no equipment. He was not battle-tested, nor was he trained. But he knew something that Goliath didn't know. He knew that no matter how big the giant was, God is bigger. One of the things that people in West know better than anyone else is that no matter how big the problem, no matter how big the disaster, no matter how big the giant, God is bigger than all of this. A giant only seems unbeatable when you look at him with natural eyes. You see, the, the soldiers were looking at him through their eyes, through natural means. This is a big dude, and he was. They had totally left out God in the equation. They had totally left out the spiritual realities at work here. I don't know what you're facing this week. Chances are you're facing something. There's a bill that just keeps growing bigger and bigger and you can't get it under control. There's a boss who is verbally abusive and, and unfair and, and you, you, feel, you feel belittled and picked on. I don't Cancer is attacking your family. Problems at home, tearing your marriage apart. I don't know. But the chances are that if you were to stop and think about it, you could name a giant. You could name a giant that's trying to get in your way and stopping you from doing all that you could do, from being all that you could be. There's a giant in your life. And this morning, I want to encourage you to stop looking at that giant through natural eyes. And instead... Look at that giant through the eyes of faith and understand that no matter how big that giant feels to you today, God is bigger than all of this. God's warriors fight with faith and God's warriors fight with confidence. Because they fight with faith, they can now fight with confidence because it's not about me. It's about God. And now because it's about God, he's going to provide for me the means by which I can accomplish his will and his purposes. So I can fight with confidence. God's warriors fight with confidence. Look at verse 32. We're fast forwarding again through the, through the story and we're going to pick it up at verse 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. 
David said to the king, remember Saul is the king. And David said, you know, by the way, king, I'm, I'm just a kid. I'm the youngest of my family. You ever noticed how the youngest in the family accomplishes incredible things all the time? It's just amazing how they do that. David says, King, I'm just a kid, but here's the deal. You got men out here. You got men twice my age, three times my size, and they're scared to death, and I would hate for them to be faint of heart. So even as this little kid, I don't want them to be scared. So, King, I'll tell you what I'm going to, I'm going to go fight the giant for you. He says, I, I don't want there to be any faint of heart, so your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, the king says back to him now, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. Folks, listen to me. Every time you try to accomplish something important, every single time you try to accomplish something important, there will be somebody who says, you can't do that. Every time. And you have to decide which voice you're going to listen to. The voice that says you can't, or the voice that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have to decide which voice you're going to listen to. The king, the strongest, most powerful man in the nation, says to a little boy, you can't do that. Well, certainly the little boy would say, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) You're right, king, I, I messed up. David said to Saul, verse 34, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it from his mouth. And if he arose against me, I cut I, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies, again, of the living God. David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Where did David come up with all that confidence? It wasn't that he was cocky. It wasn't that he could say, Look, I'm tough, I'm big. Where did he come up with that confidence? He came up with that confidence because he had a memory. And he could say, I remember a time that a bear attacked, and with God's help, I took down that bear. I remember when a lion came around, and with God's help, I took down that lion. And because God has helped me in the past, I can stand confident today knowing that he will help me today. Folks, some of the bad stuff that you went through in life, some of the bad things that you've had to endure to get you to this point can now be great sources of strength and confidence because you can look back on those days and you can say, God got me through that, so I know he's going to get me through this. 
He's already proved himself over and over again. If he took care of me yesterday, he can take care of me today. If he handled my mess last week, he can handle this that I'm facing this week. See, Saul's soldiers thought Goliath was too big to kill. David thought Goliath was too big to miss. He had confidence. He'd been here before. God had taken care of him, and he knew that he could deal with what he had to deal with. Many years ago, a ship was being tossed around in a bad storm. A man on the, on the ship was frightened. He was scared to death. He looked over and he saw this little boy that just looked very calm, just kind of hanging out. No big deal. So the man asked the boy, how can you be so calm in this awful storm? The little boy said, because my dad is the captain and he has never lost a ship at sea. How do you know God will bring you to victory today? Because he brought you to victory yesterday. Because you can say my dad is the captain and he's never lost a ship at sea. God's warriors fight with confidence and God's warriors fight with a strategy. God's warriors fight with a strategy. Let's pick up the story again at verse 38. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped his sword over his armor. He tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. The Bible says that Saul stood a head and a half above every other man. And if he stood a head and a half above every other man, that means that Saul was a big guy. Now Saul takes his armor and gives it to this little kid. And it says, I love it, it says David tried to go. But he couldn't because he had never tested it. He, he wasn't used to armor. Very few shepherds hang out with the sheep in armor. He wasn't used to armor, and this was some heavy armor. So not only was it unfamiliar to him, but it was too much for him. It was too heavy. He couldn't even go. And so Saul gives him the armor, the last part of 39, David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I've not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand as he approached the Philistine. He said, I, I can't fight with this stuff. I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm going to fight with what I know. I'm going to use what I'm familiar with. And so he fights. He goes to, to the battlefield to fight an entire army represented by a giant, and he goes to fight with sticks and stones. He's carrying his staff, and he picks up some rocks. You remember, we talked about not long ago 
We talked about Moses as one of our heroes of faith. You remember how God called Moses? He looked at him and said, what's that in your hand? Moses said, oh, it's just a stick. And then we, we, we looked at how God used that stick. It became the rod of God and how he used it in miraculous ways to care for his people and, and establish the nation, really. Isn't it great how God uses ordinary people and ordinary things to accomplish extraordinary events or accomplishments, extraordinary things. Isn't it incredible how he used normal stuff to do glorious things? He's just got, he's just got a few rocks in his pocket. Think about that strategically, though. Goliath is an impossible foe in hand-to-hand -hand combat. There's no way David's going to beat him hand-to-hand. -hand. You get in close quarters, it's done. But if you can figure out a way to fight him long distance, you've got a chance. David fought strategically. David didn't say, if Bill Means was going to fight this giant, how would he do it? He didn't say, if I had been trained, if I was better, if I was smarter, if I was bigger, if I was... David looked at the situation. God had helped me every step along the way before. God has made me a shepherd. I have rocks that I can use. How can I turn all of those things into a victory? One of the reasons you and I don't accomplish more in life is because all we can think about is so-and-so's got it better and all I have is rocks. When it just might very well be that God gave you those rocks on purpose because he knows he can use them for great things. So David steps out and all he's got is a stick and a few rocks. He's got that, he's got that sling You know, God gave Shamgar an ox goad, and with it he killed 600 men. Jael used a hammer and a tent peg to kill a captain. Gideon routed the whole Midianite army with only clay pitchers and torches. Samson slaughtered a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And young David killed the giant with a stone hurled from a shepherd's sling. God has a way of using ordinary people and ordinary things to prove his extraordinary power. A strategy is a long-term plan of action designed to achieve a particular goal. What is that giant that you thought of a few minutes ago? Was it financial? Was it emotional? Was it relational? What was that giant you thought of a minute ago that, that is hanging out on the battlefield of your life? I want to encourage you to look at it with the eyes of faith. But remember, you've got to have a plan. It's not enough to say, God, fix it, and then sit back and do nothing. 
we got to have a plan. David had a plan. He was strategic. He knew what would not work, and he knew what would work. Look at that giant with courage, with confidence. Look at that giant with the eyes of faith, and then come up with your plan. Let God guide you in creating a strategy to take care of that giant. Not only do God's warriors fight with a strategy, but God's warriors fight with an awareness of his greatness. David could not go out there and say, look how, look how great I am, because he wasn't. Instead, he knew that in order to win this battle, he was able to say, look at how great my God is. For him, this was a battle about God's glory. He kept reminding the folks about that. So in verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, and the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. He, he speaks about the greatness of God. The reason David knows he can win the battle is not because he thinks he's good or great, but he says this is God's battle, and he is the Lord, and he's about to prove it, and you better get ready, big giant, because it's coming your way. In Psalm 147, we read, Great is our Lord abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. David got that. We need to understand that as well. We don't just serve another God. We serve the almighty God, the powerful. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. I love what Max Lucado said when he said, if you focus on giants, you stumble. When you focus on God, your giants tumble. Romans 8, 37 says it another way. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're more than conquerors through him because he is the one who is great. So let's conclude the story at verse 49. David put his hand in his bag, took out a, stick, a stone, and slung it. It struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. See, Goliath should have just said no, but instead he got stoned. I guess you could say it went to his head. Verse 50, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. 
There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of its sheath, and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. David didn't have a sword, so he used Goliath's. Made sure he was good and dead and cut off his head. David killed him with his own sword. Chopped off his head. I guess you could say he knew how to get ahead in life. All right, I'll stop. If you've never met a giant, folks, get ready, because he's on the way. All of us face giants. If there's not one hanging out in your neighborhood right now, you need to pray up and get ready, because he's coming. This life is full of giants who want to intimidate you into feeling inadequate, who want to scare you out of fulfilling your purpose. If you haven't met one, he'll introduce himself soon, so remember. We fight with faith, with confidence, with strategy, and with a personal awareness of the greatness of our God. 